Welcome to the One Right Church podcast, where we will discuss what it's like to believe that you attend the only right church. My name is Mark Shaw, and I spent the first 45 years of my life in the Followers of Christ Church in Oregon City, believing I was in the One Right Church. Our hope is that by simply sharing our story, that we would urge people to look to the Bible for answers instead of their religious traditions. We want to encourage people to trust in Jesus for their salvation and not in attending the One Right Church. Let's get started. Well, hey, Mark. Uh, last time we were together, you had mentioned that uh, you had uh, grown up in the Fathers of Christ and that you're obviously no longer there and that uh, you had uh, somewhere along the line come to um, faith in Christ and that it made a difference in your life. And I would love to hear kind of uh, what that looks like from your vantage point. Yeah, yeah, it's, I'd love to share that. Um, so I was pretty normal kid, a uh, happy family, um, had two brothers and a sister. Now I'm just going to start, I'm just going to interrupt you right there. I would never start that way. You I was a normal kid, but but that's probably important for you to establish, so <laughs> good, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you were a normal kid, continue. Well, it's relative, right? We, yeah, everybody, I was always. normal as far as I knew. Um, yes. Yeah, so um, I did, I stayed out of trouble for the most part. Um, around 14 or 15, I, I can't remember exactly, but I did, um, I, I got into trouble for stealing. I was oh. stealing like cassette tapes from Fred Meyer and things like that. Um, you must be old. I, yeah, exactly. That <laughs> dates me a little bit, doesn't it? Do, it does. Um, People but, don't steal those anymore. No, they don't. Um, but um, it struck me as I was thinking about this that my biggest concern about uh, having been caught stealing was that I might not get to play in the church softball league that summer coming up. I, I really wasn't too worried about any spiritual consequences or anything. I realized looking back, it was I was afraid of missing out on softball that year and... Uh, I didn't. I got to play, and it was kind of a just a little hiccup, really, in my life wow. at that time. Um, I was uh, I was a very good liar as a teenager. I was. Um, it was really important at our house that we didn't do things that brought reproach on the church. That's mm. what. Uh, so for me, that meant don't get caught. Really, I, it didn't stop me from doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. It just made me sneakier. I just tried okay. to, and I would try to lie my way out of it. And, so you uh, are establishing now that you were a pretty normal kid. Yeah. So I'm just going to yeah. say. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Um, I got married uh, to my wife, Cindy, at, I was 19, she was 17. Um, next year, we will celebrate our 30th wedding anniversary. Well, so. congratulations. Um, yeah, we... Grew up there. Um, both of us were fourth generation at followers, so both of us were, um, yeah, fourth generation, and our families had been well established in the church. Um, we th- the questions that I had as a kid that we talked about, I I gave in to my desire to to fit in was stronger than my desire to know the truth. And I just suppressed the questions. Um, and 
it was it was a pretty well known teaching there that you want to stay in the middle of the church and you want to keep your kids in the middle of the church and they would say that it's the ones around the edges are the ones that the wolves pick off in like in a sheep in a right, flock okay. and so i just I could see real quick that the people that had a lot of questions got pushed to the edges, and they. I, I was warned not to talk to those people. Not to and so really, it wasn't the answers to the questions that maybe even so much concerned your mom when mm-hmm. she told you don't ask questions as it was that just by asking them you would get pushed aside? Yeah, for sure. I think that's part of it. Oh, yeah. interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, so then when anything would come up in our young married life, all the way through raising kids, uh, when anything would come up, I would weigh out which side to be on, not by what was right or wrong, not by what convicted me, but by what I thought was going to be the mainstream idea. I just wanted to be in the majority. Mm. And that felt like the safest thing. And I think I convinced myself that that was... Um, pleasing to God, too, somehow, that staying in the middle of this church was pleasing to God. I I don't know how I convinced myself of that, but... Well, if the, I mean, if the church was in the center mm-hmm. of what God was doing in the world, to be in the center of it would be a good idea, it seemed like. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, so I, I just basically went all in with the... Um, the church traditions, the helping people on their houses, um, being at all the church functions. Our church attendance was as good as anyone's. Um, we were always there unless we were sick. But um, that, uh, like I said in the last episode, that just made me entitled and arrogant and self-righteous. And I just thought I was better than all the other people who weren't doing that, basically. And so I really got to where I believed that if I did all these things, if I did good things for, for people within the church there, that God would bless me. And I, I didn't have any reason to believe that wasn't true because I, I, we did have a pretty good life. I mean, we didn't ever really want for anything. Um, we, we had some ups and downs that are normal, but um, I, I use the word normal again there, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but um, that is normal. Don't worry, mo- don't worry. <laughs> yeah. It is normal. Yes. For the most part, I I thought I was on the right track, and and then things started to happen at the church that I couldn't really ignore. It was harder for me to ignore what I thought might be right and just go with what the majority was doing. When we started getting into some of the legal problems with people not taking their children for right. medical care. And um, it just really, it weighed heavy on me that, here's the bad part about me, is it weighed heavy on me, not as much about the child deaths, but as much about, it was more about, I don't go along with that and I'm going to lose my friends because of it. Like, I, I had these concerns about my social standing in the church Mm -hmm. because I didn't go along with, you know, breaking the law and and doing this, um, not seeking medical care for your children. Mm -hmm. And 
So that was one of the, that was the first things where we really started to see, we, we were starting to get kind of pushed out of the middle. Um, okay. And so my brother, uh, which I'll hopefully have him on one of these times and, yeah. and talk, but uh, he was, both of my brothers actually were, were on me, but Gary, I'll, he was the first one that was, he, he was like the polar opposite of me. He didn't care what anybody thought of him. He did not care about being in the majority. He, uh, he would tell you that he was on the wrong track too. He was looking for the wrong thing, but he was very critical of what was going on at followers. Um, and we can get more into that later, but he was trying to get me to, to come around or see, look at things different or something. And, and I just kept, I, I thought I was so much smarter and so much better than him because I was just more uh, in the middle. And he was just one of these guys, they would get labeled contentious. He was just contentious and he was okay. always complaining about something. And so uh, he, I remember one conversation where he said, um, could we just consider for a second that the church might not be 100% right? Can we just consider that as an option? And I remember hearing myself say, no, I won't even consider that as a possibility. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of one of those out-of-body experiences. I remember thinking, why Where did, that why come did from? you just say that? Where why did that come from? Yeah. 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 So, um, so anyway, I guess fast forward, we, we raised two kids to adulthood there. Both of our, our son, Andrew, got married there. And our daughter, Kimberly, got married there, too. And um, my daughter was at our house. She was going to be... Well, let, let me back up real quick. I, I mentioned my other brother, Dale. He had, just before this, in about 2016, I think it was, he tried to talk me into listening to a recorded sermon from someone that he had found... Um, just on an app on your phone, uh, okay. Sermon Audio, I think mm -hmm. was the name of it. And he had found this message that he really liked on there, and he tried to talk me into listening to it, and I would have none of it. I mean, that was that, that was a worldly preacher, because mm -hmm. if they're outside of the followers, then they're worldly. So I, I, didn't, I didn't want any part. Plus, if anybody caught you doing that, okay. you, you would definitely be on the outskirts. So um, so that was 2016 in the summer, in September of 2016. Well, did, Go ahead. I just must know, did you listen to it? No. Or no? Oh, no, you didn't? No, I did not. Oh, okay. I didn't. Okay. I wouldn't, wouldn't think of it at the time. All right. And, uh, and then in September of 2016, my daughter was at our house to have our first grandchild. We did home births because mm -hmm. we didn't mm -hmm. do medical care. Um, my wife had seen some signs of some health problems, some concerns okay. about uh, some trouble she was having, and I just arrogantly believed that God would continue to bless me because I had done the right thing, so I had no reason to believe that we wouldn't get a healthy grandbaby and daughter. And, and then on the about... I. I think it was her third day of labor. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was about the third day of labor. I remember standing out in my kitchen. I remember exactly where I was at the time. And 
Um, I, I don't know how to explain it other than to just say that the Lord made me abundantly clear on my standing before him, that I was not. He made me aware of my sin. He, hmm. he made me aware that um, he didn't, he didn't think of me the way I thought he did. Let's just put it that way. I, I just knew that I was a sinner. I just knew. Just sort of internally, you had that, this moment where yeah, you, like a f- switch flipped for you? Yes. Okay. Yes. And I remember standing there. People, we had a house full of people, too, mm-hmm. people there helping. And um, I, I just remember thinking, what am I going to do? Like, I my sin became a problem for me for the first time in my life because I was counting on a blessing because I had done all the right things. Mm-hmm. Well, now it was clear to me that I had not done all the right things. I looked around at the people that were there helping, and I was glad they were there, but I realized I need God, and all I've done my whole life is tried to please these people that are here, and they couldn't do anything for me. And mm. so... If you believe that you're going to get a blessing because you've done all the right things, then I was left with no choice but to believe that since I hadn't done all the right things, that I wasn't going to get a blessing, that we were going to lose our daughter and granddaughter. Um, So just like that, when you had that experience, it was, you know, and you knew that this was happening in the other room. Yes. Then you were pretty convinced that there was some serious trouble in the other room because yeah. of... Yeah, yeah. And I, I already knew there was trouble, but I just was going along like I did, thinking mm. God will bless us. And and now I just had this overwhelming belief that he wasn't going to, and it was all my fault because I of my sin. Okay. And I just remember... Um, I just remember crying out to God and saying, I, I know that everything I've ever known to be true is false. I, I know that I'm wrong, but what is right? You know, I just, I, what is right? And, and I kind of resigned myself to, uh, we're going to lose Kimberly and the baby. Oh dear. Yeah. It was terrible. And, and right then with, this is all, everything I'm telling you now is happening within five minutes probably. And the baby's born and she's, Fine. I mean, there there were some complications, but everything turned mm-hmm. out okay. With um, and I just I just went into the hall bathroom by myself and just uh, I I was completely broken and mm. I was on my knees and just begging for understanding. Like I I don't understand, and I I know now that God just showed me a picture of his grace. Like mm-hmm. I didn't deserve it and I got it anyway. And this was a new concept to me. Uh, and I was 42 years old when this happened. So, so it didn't reconfirm your prior understanding that you were just fine. <laughs> no. it, you kept the new understanding like I'm a sinner and am guilty before God. And then he showed you grace. And then he showed me wow. grace anyway. Yeah. And, and then we had, um, I, I went probably overboard a little bit at first here because we have people coming in and just praising my daughter and us for our faith and 
how this blessing came because we didn't go to the hospital. And I, I, try, I just bit my tongue while the people were there. And when they left, I went in every single time and would just tell the kids and everybody that this is not why this happened. Wow. This is not why this happened. But I didn't, I didn't have any answers of why it did. I just knew that's not why it did. I, that is so interesting. Yeah. So that, that sort of the bottom fell out, but nothing replaced it. Yeah. At least initially. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I, um, I, that moment that I had where I realized that all the good things that I had done didn't amount to anything. That they didn't uh, make me deserve anything. They, they reminded me of a song that we would sing at church, and I talked about the hymns that right. we bring up and. Uh, Rock of Ages was was one that we would sing, and um, the second verse says, "Not the labors of my hands can fulfill thy law's demands. Could my zeal no respite know? Could my tears forever flow? All for sin could not atone. Thou must save, and thou alone." And so I I just remember thinking in that in that moment that I, we this my sin is an issue now like i'm aware of it and it's a problem and i can't do anything about it if mm. my could my zeal no respite no could my tears forever flow if i work as hard as i can if i'm as sorry as i can be none of that erases a single sin in my life mm. and and i had sung that for 40 years and that came back to you in that and moment that, it didn't come back to me in that moment. It came back to me the next time we sang it at church. Oh, I, when I started singing these songs again at church after this moment, okay. after my granddaughter was born, I, I didn't. I, I cried through church almost every time. I mean, it's. Uh, I had been singing this all along, and then, um, even though I was just arrogantly running my own way, God showed me this uh, mm. miraculous grace anyway. And, um, yeah, and it, it changed my life forever. Um, so I, I remember, <laughs> so now there's this great high that you're on where you're, you're like, um, I understand the grace of God all of a sudden, and this is amazing, and then it hits you, well, this is going to cost me everything. Like, I've been worried about being on the wrong side of something before out there and maybe getting pushed to the edge. That there's This is a guarantee. This then. is a guarantee. You're wow. going out to the edge. And so I, uh, I thought about the sermon that my brother wanted me to listen to, and I thought, no, I can't. I can't do that. I, I have to talk to Cindy. I have to talk to my wife about this. She didn't experience what I did. Right. You know, she's, um, for all I know, she still thinks this is because we had done the right thing or, you know, I, I don't know. But um, I needed to explain that. And so I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll go to my dad and he'll tell me, I'll, I'll, I'll tell him I'm thinking about listening to this sermon. And I thought for sure he would tell me, no, it's not worth it. Don't, don't risk it. They'll, you know, you'll get kicked out of here or whatever. You'll It'll be hard on your family. And instead, what my dad said was, Mark, I don't care how you find him or where you find him. I only care that you find Jesus. 
And I was wow, like, wow, okay. And so it was, um, then I started talking to him, and then I just started remembering things that he had said or that my brothers had said or that my grandma had even said years and years before and thought, for some reason, now I know what they meant by those things, or I, I just couldn't see it before. And mm. um, I started reading the Bible, and I remember reading uh, one of the first things I read, for some reason, was the Pharisee and the tax collector that go into the temple. And I just bawled all the way through it. Like, I'm I'm the Pharisee, and the only... Except it was different. I'm, I lived the life of the sinner, but had the attitude of the Pharisee. I, I wasn't mm-hmm. a, I wasn't a studied scholar like the Pharisees were, but I had that arrogant attitude that they had. I was, I read the story of the prodigal son and saw that I lived the life of the prodigal, but I had the attitude of the older brother. And oh, interesting. It's just, um, but the one that really really hit me hard was in Matthew 7, where the people come to Jesus saying, look at all these things that we've done in your name. And he says, I never knew you. You know, Depart from me. I never knew you. And I thought, this is the answer. that I, he, I never knew him. I knew of him, but I didn't know him. And I would have done that. I would have been one of those people mm. um, that came and said, um, look at I, I would have came with my resume and said, yeah. "Look, look at what I've done," and and I would have thought that would have been good, and I would, yeah. So, um, yeah. So then um, I started talking to Cindy about it, and I started listening to sermons without talking to Cindy about it. So I was I was just soaking up sermons and the Bible like a sponge. I, mm. I just couldn't get enough. I was listening to hours of sermons a week, oh boy. Uh, listening to the end. Uh, the first, I remember the first one I went and listened to was one called uh, True and False Religion because I wanted to hear what a supposedly so, a preacher outside of our church, I wanted to hear what they would say about being beware of false prophets. Right. And so it was really helpful to listen to that. And in that, he was just talking about um, building your house, the wise and foolish builders, building your house on on the rock or building it on the sand. And I remember talking to my dad about that too. And he said, well, you've found the rock. Now get to building, is what he told me. How about that? (laughs) So Hmm. it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was something. So yeah, we've, Listen to those. Uh, it just it reminds me of the uh, the scripture that um, that's in First Timothy that Paul talks about, where he is talking about um, how he was the chief sinner, how that oh. he received. Uh, I, let me find it here. It's in the first chapter of First Timothy. Yeah, though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent opponent. But I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. 
So, um, yeah, that's kind of how it mm. how it happened for me. I've heard a lot of people's stories where they don't really know when that moment was. Um, mm-hmm. And and looking back, I don't. I know that's the moment I became aware of my sin. I became aware mm-hmm. of a problem. Um, and when I was actually saved, I I couldn't say, but I think that's a pretty good. So when the problem thing. was actually solved, you're not completely sure. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> I may still not be completely solved. No. Well, and so so you know somebody comes along and doesn't have that experience. I mean, yours mm-hmm. was really clear, and uh, and really timely. Mm-hmm. But somebody doesn't have that experience. I mean, what would they have to, you know, how would you have explain to them what kind of had to happen for them? You know, that yeah. maybe it wasn't like yours, but what what would they what would have to happen for them? Right, right. I've I think it all comes down to that Matthew seven thing. I think it always comes down to are you counting on the things that you've done? Are you going to come to Jesus and say, look at all these things that I've done in your name? Or are you going to come to Jesus because you know him and, and you know what mm. he has done? And that's the difference in my life is that I, I don't count anything that I have done as being good, but I know what Jesus has done now. And I, I know what happened on the cross now where I didn't before. I knew the cross was a historical event. I knew that happened but I didn't know how that affected me or what mm. that, uh, what that really accomplished. So, and so now you're counting on what, rather than counting on what you did, you're counting on what Jesus did on the cross for you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that, I think that's the answer for everyone. Yeah. So, well, yeah. That's that's quite a story, <laughs> and one that is humbling uh, for me to hear, and I'm sure it would be for many many others. So thank you. Yeah. For sharing it. Yeah. Can I just finish? I think the the third verse in... You're, you're going to have to sing one of these ones. I, but, <laughs> but yes, you can read it. If that's fine. I think this is a pretty good answer to the question you just asked. If, if we have this attitude and we truly sing this and we say, nothing in my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling. Naked come to thee for dress, helpless look to thee for grace. Foul I to the fountain fly, wash me, Savior, or I die. I think that is what I would tell people. Mm. So. That's a great that's a great summary and it and it yeah, you saved the best for last there. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. All right, thank you. Well, hopefully this has been helpful. If you have questions or comments or a topic that you would like us to cover, you can reach us at comments at onerightchurch.com. And for more information, you can visit our website, www.onerightchurch.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.